Well, good morning and welcome to worship at Calvary, wherever you might be. If you're in the worship center here in Golden Valley, if you're over in the chapel, or if you're at our Minnetonka campus, welcome to you all. And then also to anyone who's watching online somewhere else in the world. We're so glad that you could join us today. And we take a moment in all of our worship experiences where we have the opportunity It's not out of pressure, it's not out of obligation, it really is an opportunity to invest into God's mission and ministry through the local church. In the series that we're in, we're talking about being followers of Jesus, and today I'm going to talk about how being a follower means growing. And one of the areas that I think we can all grow in is in generosity, because we serve an incredibly generous God. And so he invites us to Loosen our grip on the things of this world, the things that we often cling to for a false sense of security, and instead show our faith and our trust in him to believe that he is going to provide and that he will take care of us. And so one of the ways that we can show our faith and our trust in him is by giving our first and our best portion to him. And so if you brought a gift that you'd like to invest into God's mission today, it's super easy to do so. You can drop it off in one of the offering boxes on the way out of your worship venue if you're here in person today, or you can always give online at calvary.org give. And we are thankful for so many generous people here at Calvary who together we are making a difference around the world. So last week, we kicked off a new sermon and small group series called Follower. And we talked about how we are called to more than just belief. No, we're called to follow Jesus. Now, in various surveys that have been conducted in the past couple of years, it's been found that somewhere between 60 and 70% of Americans say that they believe in Jesus. Like if you give someone a survey or a form and there's a box to check, 60 to 70% of people will check the box that says Christian. But I think as we look around at our country and our culture and our society, we would say, you know, it's pretty obvious that 60 to 70% of people are not living as Jesus would have them live, right? All of us are making mistakes. We're falling short every day. We look around at our culture and the the values and the things that are celebrated, it's often very far from what Jesus would have us do. You know, it's one thing to claim belief, and it's another to actually put it into action. It's another to actually follow him. Now, when Jesus started to gather his first disciples in the Gospels, he didn't come to them and say, come believe in me. No, he said, come follow me. Set down what you're doing. And he didn't give them a checklist of rules that they had to somehow follow first. He didn't ask them to go do penance for all of the bad things that they had done in their life. He didn't give them some sort of theological quiz. He just said, no, come follow me. And what we even found, if you read through the Gospels, is that it's possible to start following Jesus even before you believe in Jesus. Because some of the disciples took about two years into Jesus' ministry 
before they actually believed in him. And then when it all came to a head, when Jesus died on the cross and before he rose again, we know that none of the disciples actually believed that he would rise again because none of them camped out at the tomb and counted down on Easter morning. No, they went and hid in an upper room thinking everything was over. It's possible to follow even before you believe. But in the process of following Jesus, it's then that our heart changes. We start to see things differently and belief certainly follows. Now I think the reason this is a really big deal is that because believing can be completely passive. You can say you believe and have no fruit or evidence of that in your life. But you know, following Jesus is anything but passive. Following Jesus means doing something. It means taking action. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus is saying to be his follower, to actually live out our faith means hearing his words, but then putting them into practice, taking action. You know, you can take all of his words and you can memorize them forwards and backwards. You can learn his words in the original languages. You can read every commentary on his words. But if you don't live it out, it really means nothing. Now, when it comes to thinking about following Jesus, though, I think too often what we're tempted to do is to create a caricature of Jesus in our own image, where he agrees with all of our convictions and all of our positions and preferences. A time that I often think about this is when visiting an art gallery. If you've ever been to the Minneapolis Institute of Art, it's a beautiful place to go, and there's a kind of a section of the museum that is all religious art. And if you look at the art that has been painted specifically of Jesus after the Renaissance, when everything was uber-realistic, what you'll find is that artist after artist paints Jesus to look generally like them. When it comes to age and class and ethnicity, you can look at where the artist is from and they make Jesus to look the same way. Now, there's kind of a a positive side to this because Jesus is relatable and we are called to be in a real relationship with him. But I think it's also symptomatic of our tendency to create him to be like us not just with art, but when it comes to our thoughts and our opinions and our preferences. We often make Jesus the champion of our own causes. We make him think like us and even vote like us and talk like us. You know, there's many people today who have made Jesus into a card-carrying NRA member with a diesel pickup truck who always votes Republican. But on the other side, there's people that have created Jesus to be a vegan hippie living off the grid, advocating socialism, always voting Democrat. 
I've had people come to me and try to convince me that Jesus would have a preferred tax plan in America. Or people that would come and say that Jesus would sign off on their preferred legislative agenda, or even maybe more scary, that Jesus would be propping up some specific political candidate today. I'm reminded of a quote from Pastor Mike Householder. This is what he says. Too many Christians try to get Jesus to sound more like us based on our own preferred worldviews. But true Christianity is all about Jesus getting us to sound more like him. If Jesus always agrees with your political leanings, if he justifies all of your opinions and positions, if Jesus calls you to win at any cost, even when it harms and hurts other people, you're probably not truly following Jesus. You're not walking closely in his steps, learning his ways, because he has a challenge for every one of us, no matter where we are on the spectrum. And he calls us out of our worldly agendas and values. And he reminds us that to be truly great means we put others first. Here's what Pastor Andy Stanley says. Following Jesus looks and sounds a lot like Jesus. Following Jesus looks and sounds a lot like Jesus. When he starts to look and sound like us, we're not following as closely as we should. We don't get to choose what he sounds like. No, it's in the Bible. It's in his words. It's clear. So today, what I want to talk about with you, as we seek to follow Jesus in our lives, even if that challenges us, even if that pushes us along the way, following Jesus is a growing experience. You see, when we come to faith, that's not the end point. That's just the beginning. You know, when we celebrate a baptism, joyous occasion, that is not the end. It's just the beginning. If you grew up in a tradition where there was confirmation, confirmation is not a graduation. It's not an end. It's a beginning. You're not done with faith and with following Jesus until you breathe your very last breath on earth. Now, I've asked this question before, but why do you think we stick around after we come to faith? I mean, why doesn't God just zip us right up to heaven, right? When we come to faith, we receive his grace and his forgiveness, and we're made right in his sight. So why doesn't he just take us straight up to heaven in that moment? I mean, we should just get an express pass up to his presence, I mean, think about our prayer time after service, how exciting it would be. Someone comes up and prays for, to put their faith in Jesus, and suddenly, boom, they're gone. So why doesn't it happen like that? Why are we still here? Following Jesus is meant to be a lifelong, growing experience. We can't outgrow the Christian faith. There's never a time where we get a PhD in faith and then we just get to sit back and relax. Following Jesus is a lifelong process 
of learning and living in his ways. It's about becoming more and more like him. And throughout that growth process, we can impact others and we can connect them to the hope that we have in Jesus. And that is part of why we are still here, so that we can be a part of his mission on earth to make heaven a more crowded place. Now, the Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary in all of history, he wrote a majority of our New Testament. Even he understood this very well. You might remember, he started out as a very important and powerful religious figure, but he was focused on trying to crush Christians. He tortured Christians. He killed Christians until one day Jesus showed up and his life changed. And Paul had a new mission. And he went and he planted churches around the world and he mentored leaders. But even with all that he had done, Paul was very, very clear in his letters that he was still a follower in progress. Paul wasn't content to just sit back and rest on his accomplishments or to show his resume to everyone. Paul knew that he still needed to grow and become more like Jesus. He talks about this in Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 12. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. See, being a follower of Jesus means pressing on in the race that we're running. It means growing day by day in our relationship with Jesus. See, the truth is every single person today is able to take another step of faith. He's already taken care of all the hard stuff, our sin, our guilt, and our shame on the cross. And through the Holy Spirit's power, we are in the process of being transformed into his likeness so that we can begin to act and speak and look more and more like Jesus. And so whether today would be the day that you take your very first baby step, or whether you've been following Jesus for 75 plus years, there is still another step that you can take today. So to grow, I believe we need to keep on learning. We grow when we learn more about his word and his character and his ways. You know, to truly be a follower means to be a student. It's why Jesus called disciples. The definition of a disciple is a follower, but it's also a student. A disciple studies a teacher. And that's why I'm excited that starting this Wednesday night at our Golden Valley campus, We are kicking off community 
nights. And I hope that you've already read and heard about this, but just to remind you, this is an opportunity for all of us to come together for fellowship and to learn and to grow. Each week, we'll have a meal that you can share with your family, be a great time for fellowship and community. The youth will begin their programming at 6.30, and the rest of us will gather in the worship center for a short time of worship. And then after worship, we'll have different opportunities to learn and to grow. It's kicking off a a week from Wednesday. This Wednesday will kind of be a a group vision night. But next Wednesday, there's going to be a class on prayer that you can be a part of. There'll be a parenting class. They'll be great for all of you parents. And we also will be offering the Alpha course. And if you're not familiar with the Alpha course, I think it is the very best class that there is to grow in faith by asking important questions. No question is off limits. It's a great class to invite your friends, your family, neighbors, coworkers, whoever else, anyone curious about faith, anyone looking to grow in faith. It's a great, great class to attend. When I went on internship, when I was in seminary, you go do a a one-year pastoral internship, I went down to a church in Des Moines, Iowa that has the largest alpha class in the country. Thousands and thousands of people in Des Moines have attended Alpha at Church of Hope. And so the very first task I was given on internship with my wife was to lead an Alpha group. And we would say it's one of the most important things we did early on in our marriage. We had just been married two weeks before we started internship. And so we led this Alpha group and it provided this incredible foundation of faith that we still think about and go back to often So I want to show you a video that gives a little flavor of what Alpha is all about. Take a look at this. Every day we ask so many questions. What should I wear? What's the weather going to be like? How am I going to fit everything in? But then there are those bigger questions, like why am I here? Where am I heading? Is there more to life than this? arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with, is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. At 28, gotten many of the things that I thought I wanted. My girlfriend was on the cover of magazines, I had a Beamer, and I was so unhappy. It was a realization maybe that I would would never find happiness where I was looking for it. I think for so many years, you know, I always just strived to be strong in myself. All I needed was me and my buddies and, you know, would be like invincible. But the truth is, none of us are. And I found purpose, I found meaning, I found hope. God took something so broken and made it a beautiful art piece. 
Alpha is a place where you can be yourself. You can say what you think and challenge everything. No question is too complex or too simple. And what your point of view is, is as important as anyone else's. We are going on a journey together, an adventure to explore the questions of life, faith, and meaning. So I hope you're able to join us on Wednesday nights for either Alpha or one of the other classes. Great opportunities to keep on learning and growing. But there's also another great way that we can learn and grow in our faith, and it's through being involved in a small group. And both of our campuses have small groups that meet all different days of the week, all different times, and so you can find a small group community that works for your schedule we often say circles are better than rows when it comes to growing in our faith. We need other people to encourage us and motivate us and, and to be a place where we can dig into questions of faith. And so if you're not in a group, we'd love to get you connected. And so if you want more information about Wednesday nights or about small groups, just go to our website, calvary.org, and we would love to get you connected. Now, to grow, I think we also need to keep on being transformed. Here's what Jesus says in Luke 6.40. He says, students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Again, remember, we are students as followers of Jesus, but the goal is to be transformed to be like him. But here's the thing. On our own, that is absolutely impossible. We can't do it alone. There's no possible way we can become like Jesus under our own power because we are sinful and broken and every day we fall short of God's standards and his glory. But when we start following Jesus and we put our faith and our trust in him, we become a new creation he begins working in and through us, and we begin this process of transformation where we can become more like him. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But here's the key. But Christ lives in me. This is how it's possible to become like him. Christ takes up residence in our life. And he enables us and equips us to become more like him. Now, if you were with us this past summer, we did a series over the course of June and July on the fruits of the Spirit, which are in Galatians chapter 5. And what we talked about is all of these fruits that we should see in our life. Well, we fall short of that every day. We're not patient. We're so often not kind. We have a hard time with self-control. And the list goes on and on. But when the Holy Spirit works in and through us, we start to see this kind of fruit in our lives. God is faithful to bring about the transformation that he promises. And remember, the transformation is not about perfection. It's about progress. It's a journey. It's a race, like Paul said. 
We are works in progress. There's going to be times where our flesh and our spirit collide. But again, God is faithful and he promises to see it through to completion. Well, then also to grow, I think we need to keep on loving others. Following Jesus is growing in love for other people. One of the chief fruits of followers of Jesus is how well we love and care for others. And it doesn't just go for people we like or for the ones that live like we do or vote like we do or have the same values as we do. No, Jesus is way more than clear that we are supposed to love every single person even our enemies. Now, that doesn't sound revolutionary for us today because we've at least heard it throughout our lives, but for a first century audience, this would have been mind-blowing. You weren't supposed to love your enemies. You would hold grudges and you would resent your enemies. And grudges were not hold for, held for days or years. They were held for centuries. And now Jesus says, there's a new way of living. If you follow me, Love your enemies. Pray for them. He talks about this in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was an understanding of the law that you would love your neighbor, but hate? Hate was a part of this? But then he says, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And he, this is how important it is. He says, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Love your enemies. Pray for people who are treating you poorly. Keep growing in your love for other people, especially those who are the hardest to love. Now let's pause and be honest for a moment. When I mentioned enemy or someone who's hard to love, you have an image or a name in your head. Don't deny it, you do. Now this might be a person that you only see at family holidays and you just hope you don't have to sit across the table from them. This might be the person who has the cubicle next to you at work. But who is the person that's hardest to love in your life? Jesus says when you follow his lead, when you become more like him, then you develop a love for that person. And you even pray blessings upon that person. And, and again, it's so important. He says then, it's only then that you are acting like a true child of God. You know, another point, Jesus says we know a tree by its fruit. If you want to find an apple tree, well, you look for the one that has apples on it, right? And so while it might not be easy to show love for certain people, that's the fruit that confirms that we're following Jesus. Francis Schaeffer was a theologian called love the mark of a Christian. He wrote, Jesus is giving a right to the rest of the world. Upon his authority, he gives the world the right to judge whether you and I are actually Christians on the basis of our observable love. Some of you might remember the old camp song around the campfire that says, they will know we are Christians by our 
love, right? Not by our social media posting, not by our arguments, not by our mean things that we say. No, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Now, this, again, doesn't come natural on our own because we're clicky and we're tribal and we like to cling to our own preferences. But when we follow Jesus, especially his example of love, well, then over time we grow to be more and more like him. So church, remember this. Following Jesus is a growing experience. Did you know that if you read the Bible cover to cover, you'll never find a spot that says the Christian faith is about praying one little prayer once, and then you're good to go. It's not in there. But yet that's often how we have come to define Christianity in our world today. It's not just one prayer one time and then sitting back and waiting for heaven. No, it's about following Jesus step by step, growing in our faith, becoming more like him. Every day we're running a race, Paul says. Each day we can take another step forward. Every day we can trust him more and we can lean on him more because he's faithful. So church, keep on growing in your faith. Keep on learning. Keep on being transformed through the Holy Spirit. And keep on growing in your love for others. Don't be content to just sit back and coast. Now take your next step of faith today. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you took care of all the heavy lifting. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, you've taken care of our sin and our guilt and our shame and all the things we're not proud of and all those secrets that we hold deep down. God, help us to hand all that over to you, to leave it at the foot of the cross, and then to follow you forward. Help us to remember that following Jesus is a growing experience, that we're never done this side of heaven, that you're calling us to grow in love for others, to become more and more like Jesus, to learn so that we can impact others with your good news and your love and grace. God, we're thankful that you have chosen us to be a part of your team. But God, help us not to keep it to ourselves. Help us to share the good news with every person that you put in our path. Because, God, we want to see heaven become a more crowded place. And so help every single one of us, God, today to take another step. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And let's all say together.